Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sarah Strength and Speed presents something around exercise and getting better. Thank you, Chad Belding and Banded Brands. Thanks for having us. Hopefully, we get the same intro as the last couple. It's fantastic. Thank you, Chad. Welcome back, Blake Whitlock on my left and Jake Waters across the table from me. Hello, hello. What's up, man? What's happening, Rob? How are we doing today? Fantastic. Fantastic. Almost there. Thursday. For beautiful us. day in the Truckee Meadows. It's beautiful. Beautiful. We I, I gotta start with something. I almost didn't make it today. Uh oh. I, I have this client. You guys have seen Gary. Gary's been mm-hmm. with me. I was thinking about it today, probably thirteen years. And we do this one. So Gary uh, actually had uh kind of a brain tumor and so yeah. there's there's some nerve system dysfunctions that we work on and play with. Well, we were going to the wall to do this. Basically, it's a wall-assisted walking drill. And when he came into the wall, he kind of rolled forward. Well, you know how you guys talk about taking a punch is he hit me square on the nose. Luckily, it was like just barely. I'm like, dude, you hit me any harder. We are both going down. I'm like, you're going to knock me out, but you're coming with me because I'm holding him up. And I was like. Did you cry, though? Ooh. Did he hit you on the cry it button? It wasn't that. It okay, wasn't enough. Button. It was like right there, you know, yeah. where it kind of just started doing that, wakes sniff. you up. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you, you hit me a little harder right there on that. That that spot's key. I'm going down because I haven't taken a punch in a while. And you're probably coming with me and the, our session's over. We're done for the day. So. It's just payback for all the hard workouts, man. Yeah, Probably right? trying to get you back. I asked, right. I said, I kind now's of asked my opportunity. Him. Boom. So I kind yeah. of asked him, are you, are you trying to knock me out here, or, uh, <laughs> or are we going to get through today? So anyway, that's, that's nice. But, you know, we're almost there. Hey. All right. Here we are. Anything, anything you guys want to talk about before we dive in? No, no, I'm ready no, specifically. We're gonna dive our in. Chosen dive topic. in. All right. Yeah. So, so our topic that we're gonna dive into, and then I think we'll. It's funny because we talked about this before, and I really thought this would take a time or two, you know, to really go through it because oh, yeah. there's a lot of different options and thoughts and stuff going in. And then as I started to go through it, I'm like, I think this is gonna take us. 30 minutes at the most <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna transition into something else so we're our topic today and one of the things we got hit with i got hit with a few questions we're gonna go into stretching kind of stretching warm-up um but i think we're gonna cover this in n- not as detailed Efficiency. as a as a as a exercise physiologist or a scientist may want us to but for the most part i think we can cover this and answer most questions pretty quick so anything you guys want to say before we jump in i need to stretch more (laughs) guilty party number one well it's nice to be in your 20s and just basically get out of bed and go yeah yeah when you hit 50 ish it's not so easy some days when you're like ooh. shit ain't moving today we gotta we gotta warm that up see that's my problem with stretching is i'm sore 
so I don't want to stretch because it hurts. <laughs> and but it's the only thing I need. That's true. And then I just you know, I'm like, you know what? Get under the barbell. You'll stretch out at some point. That's which, yeah. That's which isn't the point. best philosophy. That's kind of the point that he was making before this. That was just like, just move and yeah. it will like your body stretches naturally as you yeah. go through. Like obviously, many. I'm not throwing on three plates right in the beginning. But yeah, you're not Alan. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what a freak. But no, I'm I'm guilty party number one. I do not stretch. I don't roll. Okay, guilty. Come to well, my yoga sessions. Ooh, get you yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So here. I was going to start with the question because it got to make you guys talk a little bit. What are the, what are the different modes of stretching? And then we'll define them. So Blake, you got anything? Jake. Okay. <laughs> Jake, he's just going to, I'll let Deferred. you pass this one, but Thank the next you. question, I'm not letting you pass. For everyone up. who doesn't know, I'm learning right now. I'm very <laughs> fresh. All right. I've been a painter for a long time yeah, and I was not, just an athlete not. before. So I'm in the learning process. Yeah, but you're not lazy. I'm not lazy. I'm not lazy. I'm, not lazy. Yeah. I'm trying to learn it all. But with that, you do know a few of these. I do know a few. Done them. I do and, know. And like you said, you're in the learning process. You're deep in the learning process. Mm-hmm. They've probably talked about these. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you skip now, but right, I'm right. not letting you skip right. today. All right, that's fine. All right. That's fine. I'll be okay. I'm, right. I'm involved. So Jake, because Jake's just out of college, so he better remember these and, and getting ready well, to take I would a test. Say there's dynamic stretching and static stretching, and then within static, you have active and passive. Okay, and then you mentioned another one the other day. There's another big one. You're talking about mobility? No. Oh, no. oh you're talking PNF. PNF, which I'll bring that one up. There's one more you mentioned the other day. I remember what it stands Can I for. time out real quick? What's PNF? <laughs> I'll get okay. there. Okay, we're getting there. Okay. Don't jump. Okay. There's one more. You mentioned it the other You actually mentioned this one quicker the other day. You said static. Active. I, eh. What's the bouncing one? Oh, um, ballistic? You got it. Yeah. Ooh, so ballistic isn't. It like, is. It's is, a form of stretching. I know, but isn't it like not recommended? So I'm gonna let's go. I'm gonna try and cover that. So here we go. Let him cook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dumping my knowledge on you. Yeah, let yeah. him cook. So so, let him so cook. let's go back 30 years Oof. when I'm in college. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Yes. That's why I stretch. (laughs) Anyway, there were really, back then they talked about two forms of stretching, static and ballistic. And at that time, it was thought that static was your better way of stretching. So static is basically a stretch and hold technique and it most of the time is passive so Mm. it's it's and the downside when i was kind of looking at things is it's usually typically just one joint at a time so it one of the things that i was thinking as we go back it kind of goes back to we've talked about this before isolation of an area versus integration of of multiple parts so your typical passive stretching or static stretching is would be our hurdler stretch sitting down on the floor getting in a position and stretching your hamstring and one of the other things where this gets hard to study is if we were to get into a modified hurdler stretch or we're stretching our hamstring it usually isn't just our hamstring that's stretching because some people will round their backs more Mm -hmm. so so Mm -hmm. are they getting as good as of a hamstring stretch as the other person or are they rounding their back out more and so they're actually stretching their back not getting as much hamstring so that's i think one of the problems when you look at some of these studies 
it's hard. We're all individual. It's hard mm-hmm. to see those differences unless it's really, um, you know, if you were to turn somebody loose and have them stretch on their own, come back and remeasure them, everybody's going to do it a little differently, right? Ballistic is more of a bouncing stretch. So it used to be like your cherry picker. So cherry you guys probably remember cherry One, pickers. One, two, three. You don't? Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> That's how you do them. Yeah. You, you it poke, would be poke, like poke. it'd be like you're standing with your feet apart and you're dropping down to touch yeah, the and turf you're and you're bouncing it and, and you would kind of move, you know, from your toes to your midfoot to your heel as you're as you're doing yeah. it. But it's a bouncing stretch. And you're right. The the reason it got a lot of early problems, they thought that's where some muscle strains were occurring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably pretty mild muscle strains. Yeah. And if we go back to when we talked about some of our strength issues, some of those real mild strains might not necessarily be a bad thing because... You're just going to rebuild it better. You yeah. got it. That's that's how your body adapts, right? So it's, it's a stress being applied. Then there's an adaptation. Are you getting more range of motion? Or are you getting less? That, that would be the big question. But again another really hard way to to study that and find out if you're making any benefits Mm -hmm. that ballistic stretch again would be would be kind of just a single joint area that you're that you're stretching and so ballistic they really did get get rid of it for a while because they're like that's problematic probably where an injury is occurring okay so now comes really pnf we'll go pnf because i think pnf was probably around i know it was around but not so much in the stretching realm all right so this is a big old term proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation all right pnf has about four or five different principles not all of them are stretching based there's really only Mm. one that's stretching based and the one main use of pnf is a contract relax so for example blake i lay you on the table I bring your leg up, I'm stretching your hamstring, and there's two ways of doing it. Let's backtrack really quick. If I'm doing a primary muscle, we call that the agonist. Mm-hmm. The muscle on the opposite side of that. So if, if your agonist is your hamstring, I'm stretching your hamstring, that's the agonist. The opposite muscle group to that hamstring would be your quadricep, the front of the thigh. So hamstring back of the thigh, quadricep front of the thigh antagonist so we call the primary group the agonist the group on the back side is the antagonist they work they work hand in hand so a lot of times they work together even though mm-hmm. not at the same time so a true contract relaxed principle is i'd lay blake on the table bring his leg up stretch him hopefully he gets to 90 degrees i have him push towards me so he's actually using his hamstring to push towards me and then i tell him to relax and as he relaxes, I usually can get a little bit better stretch. And that's a contract, relax principle and get the hamstring to get a little bit more range of motion. So we use that a lot. Most of the time, there are ways to do it yourself with using a rope. But a lot of times that's a partner type of assisted stretch. Again, we're doing one segment at a time. So it's, you know, maybe good, maybe not good. We use a lot in rehab really is, is where that comes in. Um or in a PNF principle, a, a, another way of doing it is I can have Blake tighten his quadricep, which is the antagonist group, and that actually has a reciprocal inhibition to the hamstrings to get it to relax or shut off. And again, we get a little more hamstring length. So that's PNF. 
Typically, again, it's a partner-assisted stretch. So those are the three main stretches. All of them can be useful depending on what you're doing. And then really, in my last 15 to 20 years, we've gone to more of that dynamic movement, stretching, flexibility. Okay, so, so the dynamic movement is more... For example, our lunge. I consider our lunge a nice movement, right? So it's got a lot of components to it, but it can be a great stretch to your quads and your hip flexors on the back leg. It can even be a little bit of mobility to the glutes and the calves. So it's kind of opening up several areas. And then the two big ones that we do a lot of, we call them inchworm, but it's basically inchworm as a down dog. And we do that moving. So inchworm down dog is is really what stretches what they call your whole posterior chain. So from your heels, through your calves, through your hamstrings, through the glutes, into the low back, it's really hitting the whole posterior chain or the linkage system. And then the other one that other people have called the world's greatest stretch is a, we call it Spider-Man because we deal with so many kids. We try to make them, you know, some kid-friendly terms that they'd be like, oh, I like to do Spider-Man is something that opens up the anterior chain. So it opens up the quads, the hips, into the abdominal area, and kind of works the core. So now we're working multiple segments more applicable to sport. You know, again, so it's not just stretching one muscle and trying to increase flexibility in one segment. So we we stretch the hamstring. We're going to change a little bit of, of flexibility at the knee and at the hip. But if we do something like a inchworm, we're not only going to hit the knee and the hip, but we're hitting the ankle and we're starting to hit the low back, maybe even through the shoulder. So now we're hitting that whole posterior link system versus one small segment that may make a change, may not. All right. So have I covered those four pretty well? Yes. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any, pretty good job. any questions? Not yet. Um, Not yet. Any any extra you can throw in at this point? This episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody is brought to you by the famous Nashville Palace, the iconic music venue, restaurant, and bar right in the heart of Music Valley, Nashville. For over 40 years, the Nashville Palace has been a must-visit destination for anyone looking for an authentic Nashville experience. It has hosted some of the biggest names in country music history, from Johnny Cash to Dolly Parton to George Jones, and continues to be a hub for local and national artists to showcase their talents. But the Nashville Palace isn't just a music venue. It's a full-service restaurant and bar that offers a mouth-watering selection of Southern cuisine, from classic comfort food like fried chicken and mashed potatoes to more adventurous side dishes like fried alligator. And you can wash it all down with one of their signature cocktails, like the Boot Scootin' Lemonade or a Palace Punch. If you're planning a trip to Nashville or just looking for a fun night out, head over to thefamousnashvillepalace.com to check out their upcoming events and make a reservation. Other kinds of stretching? Sure, you could throw in another stretch or if you, if you thought of one that I didn't quite cover or, um, <coughs> yeah. Well, act a, like... You didn't really get into active, but active is almost kind of like PNF, but like you're doing it on your own. Okay. That's like a good way of putting it, right? Like, cause you're using 
your own muscles to move it rather yeah. than using That's... gravity or a rope or yep. something else or like putting your toes up on an edge yep for a calf stretch like something like that it's more you're using your body to create the stretch so yeah that that or you bring up a great muscles you bring up a great point it's kind of like um if I wanted to do my hamstring, one of the ones that they'll use a lot is, is you're laying down, you pull your yeah. leg up. So again, that's that's that PNF type of stretching. Yeah. You're using your hip flexor to bring up the muscle. Mm. And in doing that, it's shutting off the hamstring. And then you use the rope to give it a little extra yeah. assistance. Um, that would probably be considered active. I don't know if they give it a different classification. Or I guess my like, question for you, Jake, would be, what do you consider? Because you do a great warm up. You really your um, your parents' class and a couple of the other classes that you do. You really spend the first ten to twelve minutes doing a warm up. I'm looking at you, not Blake, because mm. Blake doesn't stretch. So, so that's <laughs> oh, why I'm going to you. Stretch my athletes out. Don't oh, worry. Okay. My warm up's good, but my athletes, I'm dialed myself. Not so dialed. Not so dialed. <laughs> so, so what would you consider that? Is that would you consider just a blend of of incorporating yeah. different stretches? Yeah, kind of like we were talking about, I would consider it a blend of static, try and do dynamic depending on the class and their restrictions, because some people have injuries that you can't do all the whole body dynamic ones that you want to, but whatever you can do, I try and incorporate dynamic, static a little bit, never really ballistic, um, and try and create almost kind of like a yoga flow to where everything goes together mm -hmm. and it's smooth, but it's a whole body preparation with emphasis on if we're hitting more lower body, we try and incorporate mobility and stretching in that aspect of the body while still getting everything warm. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, uh, I mean, I, I guess ultimately to me, when I look at it, I'm thinking it's more of a dynamic warm up. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's kind of a, a term that we'll throw out we'll we'll kind of define it a little bit but but a yoga flow mm -hmm. where, where you're constantly moving so you're trying yeah. to hit all the areas that you're going to hit um I, I think the other topic we need to throw out now that that i was thinking about that the other question that came up is stretching a warm-up or do you do a warm-up i was just gonna that was my question yeah and so well i'm gonna let you answer what do you think for a warm-up i mean think a warm-up's a warm-up <laughs> and i leave stretching for like surely like stretching generally like more static or one of the like a flow like you're talking about i use more in recovery or the only time i really use it in a in a warm-up form is if i'm doing a full recovery day to okay. make sure we're all the way opened up everything feels good to where we can access every range of motion we need to access so that we're not restricted in getting through that recovery but if if we're in there and our objective is legs it's more of a prepping of the body rather than a stretch there'll be some stretching components mm -hmm. in there obviously to make sure that we're fully warmed up we're not too tight to accomplish anything we want to accomplish but stretching usually for me and my athletes comes like a true stretch somewhere towards the end okay. or even beyond, you know, we finish the session. It's like, Hey, let's take, you know, if you got time, let's take 10 more minutes and we'll get a full stretch afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jake, I you totally got, I totally agree with you. Like stretching is 
definitely a component, but like even with the group class, their first round, I'm giving them 15 reps. They're going light on every exercise. That's still a part of the warm up. You still have to prep their movement. Like if I'm doing squats, I'm still doing probably six sets before I'm at my working weight. Like you still need to build yeah. up what you're actually trying to accomplish. If it's the athletes, we're going to do inchworm Spider-Man, but we're also going to do high knees, a skips, like stuff that's actually going to apply to if we're doing plyometrics or strength, like you still, it's a good part of it and it helps prep, but it's not the whole warm up. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. I mean, I think you guys hit it on the head. The, the warm up. If we were to break it down, to me, the warm up is going to be more important than the stretching. Okay, mm-hmm. a lot of people throw in. A lot of times they're synonymous, but really the warm up is is what should precede your work. So the warm up, and that's kind of the dynamic warm up, is it's your movement preparation. So you're warming up the system for what you're going to do, and we were kind of chatting about this. I think when we threw the topic out. Um, the warm-up is key because you're trying to heat up the muscles, get them more pliable, get them ready to do what you're going to do. So, and 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 I agree with you, Jake. A lot of times, the first round with my class is still part of the warm-up. I'm like, here, this is this is all the things that you guys are used to. Just keep warming up. Then we're going to get into yeah. it. You know, it's not we're not jumping in, especially that 6 a.m. Yeah. class. So here, let me ask you this. Because I saw one thing online, I was looking up a couple things, and one thing online, I'm like, I totally disagree. <laughs> get up out of bed and start stretching no depends on how bad i feel (laughs) you already said you don't stretch i'll bend over and touch my toes for a good five minutes (laughs) see how the day's gonna go oh okay here we go i need extra coffee yeah exactly off waking up and doing 20 squats 20 push-ups 20 lunges than you are doing like an actual touch the toes stretch the calves yeah something like that like get the blood flow and wake up and then yeah. if you need it later maybe I, stretch i hit a couple of quick topics on the phone and one of them so again you gotta watch your source yeah the but it, yeah. great it, it said <laughs> it, this one source one. said <laughs> <laughs> nice it said get up and and you should stretch before you do stuff and i'm like nope and, and really there's there's been some people that have probably hurt their back doing something like that but if you get up and just start moving getting the body warmed up you're way better off than starting to stretch so stretching and you hit it again earlier blake too stretching the really the best time to stretch is post activity it's it's that is a great recovery and work on your breathing and change your headspace that's really when you're going to get more out of stretching than you are prior to so i would say 85 90 percent of what we do is based on a solid warm-up dynamic movement movement preparation for your activity there's not a ton of stretching i still do stretch a few people i've got some that really are just that's what they're comfortable with and that's where they go um, kind of where I was going earlier and then I'm going to finish with this one thing from this book that I like I'm just going to give you a couple of their summaries because I thought it was really good um, but I think these studies every time you see a study there's one study that goes one way and then two years later you hear another study that's the exact opposite so again it kind of goes back to hey what makes you feel good if you want to if we go through our warm up and you're like I- I'm still not ready 
I want to do a hurdler stretch on the floor, which is that passive static stretch. And that's, that's what makes you feel good. Then great. Throw it in. But I, I think they're going to be doing our movement prep stuff to get ready for their activity. Now, the other thing I think with the movement prep is it's got a lot more to it than just stretching, right? It's got mm -hmm. some balance. It's got mm -hmm. it's, the body's getting warmed up. It's it's an inner coordination between muscle groups. So there's there's a lot of things going on versus just stretching. Whereas if you're sitting on the floor, you're not getting those extra components. And I think that's where some of those studies to me really go down and i was listening to this guy the other day talking about well you want to do five sets of of this 30 seconds on 30 seconds on really your mobility is going to get better the more you work on it right and and it goes back to one of and i had never seen this before it was kind of when i first started working with an older population and this guy brought in his dad and i think his dad was really close to 80 his shoulder mobility he could barely reach above his head he had zero shoulder mobility. We didn't work on stretching. We just kind of put him in and started doing stuff. And we were doing, you know, basic workouts, some chest presses, modified push-ups, planks, and getting him moving. After about a month, his shoulder range of motion, he wasn't quite full, but it was, it was, he had increased it by double. So he could, he probably couldn't get his elbow fully straight over his head, but he didn't have that mobility because he was never using that and so just actively starting to do things made him way better and so i think where i wanted to finish before i read these summaries but if you guys want to throw something else out you can just moving is huge and so mm -hmm. if you sit down a lot your hip flexors are going to get tight as hell you know and then if you want to go out and run you're probably going to have hip flexor and quad issues mm -hmm. because you're asking for a lot of movement or range of motion and if you're sitting and your knee is bent your knee and hip are at 90 90 all day long guess what your body is molding and tightening up into that area and so most of my reading lately has been on the fascia system which is pretty complex but this summary that i'm going to read talks about the fascia system and the fascia just to give a really brief description of it it is interwoven throughout your muscular system and just recently, they're able to kind of study the fascia, whereas before, they really, the only way they could study is through a dead body or a, a cadaver system. And now they're, they've got some technologies where they can see it a little bit more. And now they're starting to say that the fascia system is bigger than our muscular system. And so in this summary, you'll see it talks about how you want to integrate whole body, but this movement needs to occur, and this fascia will kind of remold itself in a lengthened position rather than that shortened position. So that shortened position, it almost is like a spider web where it will just constantly tighten up and mold into a, if we were to look at a, let's say, um, for example, you peel an orange and the different layers of that orange looks like fascia. So as you get into it, you can see the lines that kind of separate each individual piece of that orange. But as you work towards the surface, it's kind of just all laid in there, covering the whole system. Well, our body and our, our hip flexor that I was describing would look like that up on top if we didn't stretch it and move it in a certain way that aligned those fibers more in a vertical pattern. It would look like just complete molded netting on top that would keep it really tight and stiff if you're not moving it. Does that make sense to you guys? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
okay? So the one thing I wanted to throw out, if I can see it here, but yoga, you know, so we might, you know, yoga is a great way to work on your flexibility and get better. But yoga, really, when I got the, the better definition that I thought, it's a postural-based physical fitness, but it's really the, the one main thing that they talk about is it's a stress reduction and relaxation form. So really, mm-hmm. yoga came around way, way, way back, way before any physical fitness was around, has a way to meditate, right, and, and not think about the body. So it was a way to de-stress. And I think really yoga is a great way to work flexibility, but I think some of the true f- parts of yoga is to really feel your body and, and stretch and move. But it's really, for a lot of people, it's a great way to relax. And end. so yoga, again, kind of what you were going on to, Blake, great way to end a workout, probably not a great way to start a workout where you're really trying to get a lot of flexibility, especially if we're going to go into a strength training mm-hmm. or sprinting demand sport, right? Yeah. yeah. Because you still want the. I was just gonna, for sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. You want so can that? We, can you dive into that for a what second? We, like, why? Why not? So, what, what's the why? So, kind of. If you were here last time, I think when we just basically broke into stretching a little bit, is because it almost shuts down the nervous system. You were talking about the pain and the sensory of stretching. Sometimes, as you stretch through, you shut down those pain receptors, and the two things that I just thought we'd touch on today, but so I'm glad you asked because I haven't covered them yet. But there's a receptor in the muscle. It's called a muscle spindle. And there's also a receptor in the tendon called the Golgi tendon organ. These are, when we, when we talked about proprioception, these guys regulate muscle length and tension. And so if you stretch too much, sometimes you change that muscle length and you change the tension in that muscle. And if we're going to do strength training, sprinting, things that have that demand, you want those that nervous system to be ready to go. And sometimes when those are taken away, it makes the muscle more supple, but it also makes it less reactive. Mm-hmm. And so that's where there's the the more of, of the trend right now is to not stretch so much. So we wouldn't focus on just the hamstring, but we're going to stretch the calf, hamstring, glutes, low back all together because we want that length throughout. We're not trying to just increase a ton of, of flexibility in one muscle because then it may not be as reactive. And that's maybe where it's going to take away from our sprinter. And all of a sudden they have this extra length, but they don't have the control of that length of, mo- of motion. They don't have the strength to control it. And all of a sudden you increase their their inability to control it may lead to a hamstring strain Hmm. so maybe it's not the ballistic stretching that causes a strain but you stretch that muscle so much it wasn't as reactive it didn't have the pop and so when you were running you were actually you changed that length and all of a sudden that muscle gave out because it didn't have control of that length Hmm. for that force yeah so that's where the stretching argument has kind of come out probably really it's probably been out there for the last 15 years, but really the last five to 10 is where they're like, Hey, be careful when you stretch that muscle, if you're going to go out and do something, because maybe now it's not going to be as reactive and we're going to have problems. So that's where that's come around more recently. Hmm. 
it's contrary to like kind of what you're always taught like as a young athlete mm-hmm. and like even in PE and stuff it's like whoa if you're too tight you're gonna pull a muscle that's why we gotta stretch yep it's, so it's counterintuitive to think like oh now I'm but you can overstretch you definitely mm-hmm. can and I've had a couple of sprinters who were really tight and I'm like okay we got to walk this balance point. We don't want them to have gymnastics flexibility, but I don't want to be want them to be so tight that it affects their stride length, right? I want them to have a little bit of pliability there, but I'm not trying to change their flexibility so much because they had they were great runners. They were they were so good. It's like okay, let's try and get you into maybe a little bit more range. That's that's we hope is going to keep you out of injury trouble, but not change how explosive that muscle is yeah and so that's where it's tricky we don't we don't want everybody to be gymnastics flexible do we want our ballet and maybe martial arts people to have that flexibility yeah i mean i was thinking about today we had one guy jean-claude van damme who who would do the splits for a length of time i mean he could do these crazy splits and he would sit there for i believe it was quite a while i mean maybe even into an hour that he would hold these splits. Same. Did it? Did it make him? <laughs> Blake luck. does that. Yeah, I don't stretch, but I do that. Did it make him more? Uh, you know, these martial arts guys probably have to have some of that flexibility. You know, if they're going to yeah, kick so. their opponent at, at, at six in feet their head, they, they, <laughs> in their head, they have to have that flexibility, but they still have to be explosive. So, yeah, you know, we haven't studied an individual like that, and we don't know. Again, it's all individual. Some athletes may not be able to do the splits, but all of a sudden you watch them like, like, holy cow, he kicked almost into the splits. How did he do that? Because he's got several different body parts that are working. Mm -hmm. Maybe his hamstrings don't have that length, but he gets a little, he cheats a little bit, gets some from his hip, some from his back, some from his Mm -hmm. mid back, and that's what allows him to do it. He gets into a different position. You know, some of these pitchers don't have a full release over the top. Some of them sidearm, so they mm. may not have as much mobility in that shoulder, but they still get the job done. But but their bodies are in a way different position. Interesting. Yeah. Does so, that answer your question yeah, on yeah. the injuries and the yeah. and the force? Yeah. So we got a guy up at UNR right now. Um, he plays running back. So he was telling me, the coaches were telling me too. He has a problem with hamstring pulls, traditionally all the way down, but what they've discovered i don't know how long he's known but like his hamstring developed short okay and he is screaming fast okay and so we're sitting around joking about it we're like this kid's got all these hamstring problems but that's he's also genetically predisposed to be super fast because that hamstring's tight and ready to pop but that's so it's like a double-edged sword it's like he can roll but we got to be very careful how much we let him run really open it up because we're putting him in danger because we know his hamstrings are short, those things pull. That's tricky. It's it's really tricky because remember this: the biggest predictor of an injury is a past injury. So mm-hmm. he's had hamstring issues. You know, you've got some scarring as, issues in there, and and maybe we talk about rolling a little bit because those, those topics come up uh, uh, along quite a bit together now. Um, but that is tricky. I mean, it's it's you want to. Your guys are going to have to get in there and get all that scar tissue out of there, so he has as much length in that muscle as he as he can have. Yeah, and it's probably going to have to be done manually <laughs> versus stretching. But he's got to get some. I, I think you know the inchworm Spider Man would be great for him. Who knows how well he does with them? But he's going to have to get pretty good there. And then and then now that's a work in progress to see. Yeah, you know if he can get through. 
Has he ever made it through a full season? Uh, you know, I, I really don't, don't know. know. He, I mean, he's young. He's young in his college career. He's only okay. two years in. Um, so the question would be if he's ever made it through a full high school season. Yeah. What they did. You know, you'd like to let, know yeah. his history of, of what they did in the weight room. If there was something yeah. in there that was causing an issue. But hamstring issues are tricky. And if you've ever watched sports, you know, you're like, oh, guy's got a hammy. He should be back in two weeks. That's it's a process. No. It can be. It can be. It can be two weeks. It could be four weeks. It could be the whole season. Yeah. It's. I remember when I was with the Niners first year, they had a guy out of San Jose State, and he was he was one of those short, stocky builds. I think he was a really strong runner, but he came in with hamstring issues. We worked on him a ton. I don't even know if he played um, that year because oh, they wow. knew he was going to be a work in progress, and and we were. We were, and it was one of the first times I was introduced to some of that deep tissue myofascial. Mm. The assistant guy did a lot of hands-on work, and he was, he'd be like, grab a towel. <laughs> we're, I it's mean, time. It, was, it was Sweatville. <laughs> the guy was going to be sweating. The table was going to be soaked. They were getting into those hamstrings. Man. And I mean, he was thick. They were, they were going in. <laughs> deep it was it was scary <laughs> i was like oh my god that's shadow so realm. yeah <laughs> and, and, you know it's it's an art not a science with some of that so it's tricky yeah. This episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody is also brought to you by Lear. Looking for a high quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and perform at its best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear has you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and to take your driving experience to the next level. This episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody is also brought to you by Oakley. Guys, let's be real. The world is your playground and you need the right gear to conquer it. That's why you need a pair of Oakley sunglasses. With Oakley, you'll have the clarity, protection, and style you need to take on any adventure. Oakley's commitment to quality, innovation, and authenticity means you can trust your eyes are in good hands. Head over to oakley.com to find your perfect pair. So, if you do have an athlete, like, so my senior year, I don't know what happened to my groin, but I had a nagging groin injury mm -hmm. for from camp through the whole season. Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things that you just flat out. I just flat out don't have time to deal with, right? Like we we got so games played through. We, it. we got games to play. Yep. So they wrapped it. Yeah. I mean, you know, and talk about wrapped it real tight, real snug. What are they doing? Like, what's that wrap doing for me? So so the wrap is compression. Okay. Right. They're hoping with compression, ultimately couple things it might feel better have it wrapped it might keep the heat in so sometimes that works especially mm. in those colder games ultimately though what you're trying to do is provide support to that muscle okay. so you're hoping that and that's the other trick blake when you when you talk about these certain muscles it's never just the groin it's it's there's there's some compensant compensatory muscles working there hip flexors groin hamstrings they're all part of that so with that wrap you're trying to get everything together to support that mm. groin hopefully that helps you okay. biggest thing where that gets tough especially at the high school age i've had a couple of athletes that, that have tried to play through it it's probably progressively getting better but each week you overstride a little bit or the length of duration that you play 
is a little bit more than the capacity of that muscle. And so you break it down. And so it's this constant, I feel better, I feel better, I'm getting close, and I break it down. So so Mm -hmm. it is a process. And that's where those hamstring injuries, those groin injuries can take a while because they need time to heal, recuperate, get that length back. And if you just... If you're at 90%, but every time you go out there, you're pushing 9,500, you're, you're stretching it a little bit, those muscles are getting, they're breaking down again. You know, they don't mm-hmm. have that full, if we go back to our chain link system, one of those chain links isn't solid. So the other guys are all having to work a little bit extra, mm-hmm. or that chain link that isn't solid keeps giving way, right? It's breaking mm-hmm. down a little bit more. That's where it gets really tricky. Mm-hmm. And they are tough to deal with during the season. Yeah. No, you just don't have the time. It's, 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 I mean, especially if you play, like, obviously, you know, if you've got minimal reps or whatever, you're easier. But back to that conversation that we have a lot, it's like the issue a lot of the times with your best players is they play all the time. Right. And they don't have ample time to recover because you need them. Right. And it's like, where does that, that's, I mean, that's part of the dance of a, of a football season or any season it's like where do you find rest for these guys that have a high workload yep where do you find chances to rest them and you know it's 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 a fun game to play because you know you you it should force your lower level guys to start to step up i've seen it a ton of times is like you know just flat out in a meeting coaches like hey guy x has a hamstring yep we all know we need him, but we can't play him every rep. So somebody in that room needs to figure it out. So, I mean, it next gives, man up. yeah, next man up mentality yeah. and it gives guys opportunities to grow. Yep. But that's, that's, I mean, ultimately the issue is like the guys that you need to play in the biggest games are going to be in there. And often those guys are, you're tougher on the tougher end anyway. Yep. So they're pretty, they're pretty solid between the ears and it's like they're rabid dogs. You just let them, you cut them loose. Right. Or, and, and the trick is, and one of the things I love about you're never a hundred percent. Yeah. And, yeah. and one week in between games for football or two nights for basketball, some of these basketball games yeah. that just finished up, it isn't enough to, to get back. And that's where, that's where we talk about the consistency of doing the little things, right? You have mm-hmm. to have your diet of your six or seven things. And, and for some guys, maybe it is a yoga class or, or, you know, something that yeah. helps them change away from the game and get their sleep and and you know the nutrition hydration and and some of these guys maybe do like to stretch for an hour after a game mm. just to decompress and and move and and maybe they're not as sore after so that's where those things come in but you might not be a hundred percent but the goal is to keep your body in a position to be at that high level consistently and that's where the really good ones Mm -hmm. you know know how to do it and do a good job or or their bodies are just really resilient but if you were to talk to all those guys their routine their consistency is every day they're really good about it yeah right i mean my favorite one is like lebron james spends like 1.5 million dollars on his body per year Mm. it's like well he's played 20 some seasons in the league at the highest level yeah so i mean not all of us have a million not all of us have a million dollars to drop on our body but that's something you can pass down to the kids like hey you don't have a lot of money but what you do have is time yep so use that time wisely and get the most out of it yeah um with some of these little things we we try to send them home with like a lot of the things like we tell our volleyball girls all the time like hey we do this dynamic warm-up every single day 
would you consider that? Do, would you guys think we think that's important? Like maybe take this with you guys, right, take yeah. it home. Yeah. When you guys go to a tournament, use this. Right. Because I don't know what the coaches necessarily are doing on the court, but we're providing them tools exactly. and it, we're in hopes that they take and use and we don't come, they don't keep coming in with injury. Exactly. I mean, and, th and that's the goal is that we know some of them won't do it on their own. So we we keep reinforcing it. Hopefully, hopefully there's a few of those. <laughs> hopefully there's a few of those patterns that they're like, man. When I do that, I I feel better. I, feel I better, better do that yeah. on game day or the day bef day before yeah. game day, so that I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, All right. Yeah, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Anything? Um, I just wanted to ask if there's like, like under what circumstance would you recommend? someone actually like isolate let's say their quad and stretch it like i know you still want to get them into something dynamic like spider-man or something for that area but like is there a certain circumstance in which you would oh, be yeah. like there's really nothing we can do besides specifically stretch this well you know you get you get some of the kids with with the really grow Mm -hmm. And and so when I was in the clinic, a lot of times we'd be like, you know, you know, we're only going to see them once or twice a week. And so we give them a wall sit. Hey, I want you to sit up against the wall where they're at a 90-90. So they get a ton of hamstring stretch. Mm -hmm. And some of these kids, they're lucky if they get 60 out of their hamstrings. Mm -hmm. so, so basically you're trying to get their butt right up against the wall yep. and sit them up nice and tall. And it's not easy. They're for, squirming around. Oh, right? It's yeah. killing them. But, but you know. <laughs> yeah. This is torture. It Help. is torture. To them, it is definitely torture. But they've grown so much, and you know you've just got to get some length. So that's that's one the the people who sit at their desk all day if they don't have a stand-up desk if they're not getting up and walking around a lot mm -hmm. i'm i'm telling them to throw their foot up on the desk and do that standing quad stretch mm -hmm. um throughout the day just and they don't have to be forceful with it but just to open up the hips and some of these people come in you can i mean you can tell they can't even put their leg up on a table and get vertical because yeah. their hips are so tight, right? And yeah, so, I got a couple of those. Yeah, you know those. We can name them off. Um, <laughs> do it, do it, so, do it. Expose them. No free shout-outs, <laughs> even if they're negative. That's right. We haven't done a shout-out today. So, yeah, I, I do still – they need to do something on their own. And if they can't get down on the floor and do that dynamic, some of our dynamics, some of our movement prep stuff, I, I like the standing quad stretch. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a great one for these guys. So, no, I still – recommend it and there's people the same person sits at a desk all day i want them to do the doorway stretch or do something where they mm -hmm. you know if they just stand up and open up and do some really big arm swings yeah. and arm reaches they probably don't need the static stretch but sometimes them grabbing a doorway turning and opening up to stretch their chest and shoulder is what works for them or what they can do real easily mm -hmm. on their own to break up sitting in a chair so that's something that they need to do and it, but if they were to just get up and take a nice brisk walk it's probably going to get them nice and tall and they're going to get the arm swing and so that's going to actively mm -hmm. give them that same range of motion but if they can't go for a walk that's that's aggressive but they can stand in the doorway get on the phone stretch a little bit at least it's going to be opening them up right so yeah. that they're not so forward bent when they come to the gym they've been sitting their bodies forward they've been that way for eight or ten hours if they've done a few of those things and they're like okay i'm a little more open i can do some overhead activities i can yeah. get the get the bar up overhead without feeling like my shoulders you know gonna come out of place gotcha all right let me read these yeah, summaries go ahead, go ahead. 
Because I cook. think they, they do a pretty good job. You need the readers. Then we got almost, <laughs> almost the lighting. It's the lighting. Get his ass. Jake. Come on. <laughs> it's really not me. All right. So, so this is just a summary out of a book. This book is all about fashion, and I've been just reading some fashion stuff, so I think it's pretty good. Uh, so these are like six summaries. Functional daily activities maintain um, and normalize functional range of motion. Stretching is likely to be superfluous, so just extra. Training promotes whole body adaptation, which is unique to that activity specificity and may not transfer to another task or activity. So, you know, again, stretching just one segment may not work into being mm. functional. Stretching is likely to promote, sorry, to promote specific adaptation, which is unlikely to transfer gains to sports performance. Performance is enhanced by goal-oriented and whole movement. Stretching practices which focus internally on specific tissues may degrade performance. Fragmenting movement into smaller anatomical units is likely to degrade movement performance. Task performance is unlikely to be improved by passive stretching approaches. There's no motor efferent activity during passive movement and an absence of sensory motor coupling. So that kind of goes back to Blake, the, the stretching being too much for what you're going to do mm-hmm. in a performance state. Range of movement is likely to be enhanced by practice of the task at end ranges. This is a functional behavioral driven approach for enhancing and recovering range of motion. Okay? So really what this book is saying is they're really talking about by doing traditional movements, moving a lot, getting up and moving rather than being stagnant is going to be way better than working on a couple of these basic, the doorway stretch I just Mm -hmm. mentioned. If they get up and start moving, they're going to get the arm swing that they need for activity they're going to be more prepared for anything and so it kind of goes back to the principles we've been talking about right whole body moving moving properly is what's going to set the foundation and hopefully keep you out of injury trouble you know so again if we just break it down or finish it up by saying we got a a person who loves to run he goes into work at 7 a.m he sits at the desk all day, he eats lunch there, he gets off of work early so he can go run, so he doesn't even take a lunch break, sits all day. If he doesn't incorporate some warming up before he hits the pavement, he's gonna find himself in trouble, right? He is just, his, his legs are not open, his calves, his, his Achilles are really tight, his hip flexors, his quads around the knee and hips, really tight. And if he goes out and just tries to move them without doing something to open those areas up. So even even just an aggressive walk for 10 minutes, a couple of lunges thrown in, and then run, way better than just throwing on the shoes and, and hitting it, mm-hmm. doing the rocky stretch. Quad stretch here, <laughs> you know, arm over the top, boom, here I go. Great when you're 27, Blake. 28. When you're a month and a half. 28. All right. When you're... A little older, maybe not so good. Nice. All right. Anything? Um, we we got to wrap it up. Yeah, I, pain. I, I, pain. Pain. Like people that 
I got some youth. You'll tell them to get down an inchworm. They're like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, pain tolerance? Pain tolerance. So, like, is that, like, oh. how do we, how do you, like, what's the recommendation? Just keep You're doing gonna- it? <laughs> like, is that, like, if we're stretching and you feel pain, just well, friggin' breathe? Well, the nice like, what's the, like, what's the... It's not, it's not pain, though. Like, 99% of the time, it's being uncomfortable, and they just interpret it as pain because they're uncomfortable. That's uh, true. Sounds I, like most I, of the kids, I, yeah. like, there'll be an inchworm, and they're like, yeah. it hurts. And I'm like, does it hurt, or are you just, like, right. feeling it, a stretch? Yeah, it's no, not, that's what I'm, that's what it's I'm not injury potential, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're supervising them, right? Yeah. So they're probably not going to create an injury in the warm-up versus what we've seen them do running around on the court, yeah. right? Yeah. The, uh, I think the two things I would say there, the big problem is we're seeing kids come in after school. So again, mm, sitting. they've been sitting mm-hmm. all day. Couldn't be any worse for them, right? We don't, I know none of the schools in town have stand-up desks unless yeah. they're small, private, whatever thing. <laughs> yeah. So they've been sitting. They are tight because they're growing. So I get it. And, and it's not comfortable. No. And Jake was right on. It's not comfortable. But we're not forcing a stretch. We're not okay. sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. going, oh, you're going to this point. We're working through it. And it's going to get better. So yeah, they 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 might need it more than most because of the growth and the fact that they're sitting, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And right now, these kids aren't getting as much activity as you guys did when you were 12, 13, 14. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. weren't right. on a phone, you yeah. know. So these kids, their side note from school is is computer, phone, gaming, you know. So again, yeah. they need it more than most of the clients that we're seeing come in because most of our clients are fairly active. So, so they got to work through some of that. Gotcha. We don't want to force it, you know, yeah. but, but if they can throw it in two or three, four days a week, they come back the next week and they're not groaning as much, you know, they're, they're yep. making, and, and they're a great age to make improvements pretty quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right on. That's it. I think we got to wrap it up. We are, we are heading right back in anything. No, thanks, Chad. I, I, I appreciate I, it. I brought you. Thank you, Chad. I brought Swedish fish because I know these guys <laughs> like snacks. I, we're going to talk about junk food. I guess we'll get to it next time. But I'm giving them some Swedish fish. And uh, thank you. Oh, junk food. You know that was, that was number five. We'll talk about. Uh, you know we're getting close to ten. Ten will be big. We'll celebrate Ooh. when we get to ten. Pizza and, party. And pizza party. Be, oh, pizza. No, no, no pizza. For Fine. Me. We'll do what about, something. I'll eat it, it on my own. It won't be. It'll be <laughs> our. Can't have any. It'll be our first tenth inaugural. Session. <laughs> yep, so, all right, I got it in. Woo. Let's go. Any shameful plugs? Nope. No, nothing. <laughs> Chad, thank you. Thanks, Chad. See you later.